We're going to experience some more of those baptisms in just a few minutes. But, uh, you know, today we wrap up our three-week series that we've been in on Psalm 23. And Psalm 23 is a familiar passage of Scripture. Maybe you don't come to church on a normal basis, but you just happen to be here today. I wonder if you might recognize this Scripture uh, just from maybe you heard it in a funeral or a wedding, perhaps, or, or even just on a billboard. You've seen this. But in case you haven't been here, let me refresh your memory today. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And then he says this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now we've already seen some of these people that have taken this step today in baptism, they know this scripture to be true in their lives. They've experienced it. They are declaring today that they want the Lord to be their shepherd. They've followed him to green pastures. They've followed him to still waters. They've experienced that. But you know what else they've also experienced? You've probably heard in their stories a little bit already. They've experienced dark valleys too. Life hasn't always been easy. There's struggles. And yet... Through those struggles, what we've learned these past couple of weeks from Psalm 23 is that the Lord is an attentive shepherd, that he's with us, that he cares for us, that he guides us, that he's near to us, especially when we're going through the dark valleys. He is with us. He pursues us. We can be confident in him because he has given his life for us. We can have hope in him today. And in fact, that hope is evident And how David ends Psalm 23 in verse 6. Then he ends this psalm with this declaration of hope where he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that David begins this by reflecting on what's ahead in life. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now I love this word he begins with. He says, surely, I'm confident of this. I know this to be true. And and I go, how can David know this to be true? Well, consider what we already know that we've learned in Psalm 23, that the Lord is our shepherd, that the Lord provides peace and rest, that the Lord restores, that he is near, that he protects, that he comforts, that he does all of these things David is sure of because he's experienced it. I mean, the fact is, along with David, none of us in this room knows what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know what next week is going to bring, or 10 weeks, or 10 months, or 10 years from now. We don't know 
what the future holds. It's a mystery. But one thing David says, I can be sure of no matter what, when I am unsure of everything else, when nothing in this world makes sense, when everything's caving in around me, I am sure of this, that goodness and mercy will follow me every step of the way. And I think, how? How is that possible that goodness and mercy will be with him? Well, I think he gives us these key words here. He says that they will follow me. You know, uh, uh, another Hebrew, maybe a better Hebrew translation of this, of this phrase, follow me, is actually to run after me or to pursue me. Goodness and mercy will be running after and pursuing me all the days of my life. Look, I remember... Shortly after my wife and I got married and we we just had our first kid and we lived in this apartment complex with a swimming pool. And my daughter loved the swimming pool more than anything else. The only problem was she couldn't swim a lick. And one day we were in the fenced in area where the pool was and she broke free from my grasp. She got out of my arms and and I'm telling you what, those little legs can move real fast. And, and if you're a father in this room, you know what I experienced in that moment because I leaped to my feet and I ran faster than any human possible should be able to run so that I could grab her before she went into the water. I grabbed her on the edge of disaster and, and I think this is exactly what David is describing here. He says, look, goodness and mercy is pursuing you, is running after you, and you might squirm out of the arms of God, and you might be heading for disaster, but God will always be right there running after you, pursuing you with goodness and mercy. The picture here is of, of two bodyguards personal bodyguards that you walk around with, one on each side. We got goodness on this side and we have mercy on this side. And as we walk through life, these bodyguards are there to not only protect you, but they're there to maybe even course correct you when, when you get off track. And so David speaks of goodness. He says, surely goodness will follow me. He's speaking of our welfare. He's speaking of our happiness. Now, does let me, let me make sure you're, you're clear on something. That doesn't mean that life is always going to be easy. That doesn't mean that everything just works out perfectly and you have no struggles anymore. That's not what this means. What it does mean is that you're able to experience the goodness of God even when you walk through dark valleys of life. It's present with you. In fact, I love how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8, these, these, these infamous words he speaks where he says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Without going into detail, I hear evidence of this truth today in, in the stories that have been shared because you, you could hear, right, the stories. There's been some pain. There's been some struggles. Whether they're young or old, they've been through stuff that they're working through. And, and, and yet, 
And yet they have seen the goodness of God in their life pursuing them to this very moment in time. Because the goodness of God will run after you. But then David says another thing. He says, look, I also have mercy that will run after and pursue and follow you. David here is appealing to God's covenantal love. That covenant where, where God promises to show us his favor. He shows us his kindness. He shows us his love even when we don't hold up our end of the bargain. So in other words, when we walk away from God, or let's be honest, sometimes we run away from God, even in those moments when we're being selfish and prideful and disobedient and controlling, and we all of those things that we cling to, even in those moments, God runs towards us with his love and his undeserved favor. In fact, that is the definition of mercy. Do you know, the definition of mercy is when God doesn't give you what you do deserve. And, and what do we deserve? Well, Romans chapter 8 says this. He says, it says that, that the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve, death. But God does not give us what we do deserve. Instead, he gives us something far, far greater. He gives us his great mercy. He gives us eternal life. He gives us Jesus. I, I love how Charles Sturgeon, uh, Spurgeon puts it when he writes this. He says, God's mercy is so great that you may sooner drain the sea of its water or deprive the sun of its light than diminish the great mercy of God and those that are being baptized in this room today are proclaiming this unending mercy in their lives because their old lives are being left behind. They're no longer that person. They're now embracing their new life that they have in Jesus Christ. But then there's one last thing. One last thing that we have to look at. This one last truth that David says at the end of Psalm 23. He writes this. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know what your life is like, but let me share mine. You know, no matter what kind of day I have, no matter how hard things get, I always know that at the end of the day, I can walk through the door of my house, and it is there that I am greeted by two daughters, a wife, and two dogs, that love me unconditionally. They care for me. They accept me for who I am. And I can walk through the door of my home at the end of the day, no matter what the world has thrown at me, no matter what the world has told me I am or accused me of, I can walk through my door at the end of the day and know that I am fully loved and I am fully accepted for me. And that is an incredible thought. And I believe that is what David longs for here as well when he says, I desire to be in the house of the Lord. This is truly a metaphor that, that he's saying, I want to be in the presence of God. I want to be in his presence because it is there that David knows that God will fully accept him and fully love him for who he is. So David longs to be there. It's the place where he can worship. It's the place that even though everything in life is falling apart, and maybe everything in your life is falling apart, this is the place in God's presence that he knows he's going to be okay. And when we are in God's presence, 
no matter what's thrown at you, you're going to be okay. God is with you. And so for those being baptized today, they are declaring this truth. They're saying, look, that because of my new life in Christ, that, that my acceptance, my worth, my value, all of these things I don't find anymore in this world. I find those things in the presence of Christ because that's where I'm truly accepted and that's where I'm truly made whole and I'm truly loved. And now, as their family of Christ believers that we are, we can surround them and we can love and accept them also. This is where we can worship together forever. And so I remind you one last time, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You set me apart for yourself. My cup overflows. And then surely of this you can be sure. Goodness and mercy will follow you, will pursue you, will run after you all the days of your life. Until when? I dwell in the house of the Lord. I am in his presence forever. What a day that will be. And it begins now. So in a moment, we're going to do a few more baptisms. But as we prepare for that, could we, just, could we just stand for a moment together? Could we, could we just declare together with one voice truly who we are in Jesus Christ, that our acceptance and our worth is found in him and him alone? Let's join together in that.